0: What up, what up, y'all? What up? Oh, see, I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Part Ooh, two.
1: God
0: help. Of a seat at the table, yes. Yes, honey. It's your the camera. Okay, AKA, a.k.a. Zoe.
1: That part hashtag. <laughs> Ladies in the house.
0: And welcome back to a seat at the table. Yes, honey. Um, as we said in our last episode. Set it down. Follow us on Instagram, The Beats and Heartstrings. To follow me, Cirque Yarmel. Follow my girl, Just Z Air, from Lady Z's personal page, and underscores in there, and yeah. yes, Just <laughs> underscore Z, Just underscore Air.
1: Y'all, you know I like to make it
0: difficult, right? So be sure to follow her and all her underscore <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram, y'all. Yes. Um, and please, and please, please, please follow, um, her, her movement, the Say It Loud movement, um, yeah. and that is Say with two S's, so S-S-A-Y underscore, yeah. it. oh. No,
1: uh, Say It Loud underscore the underscore movement. I had way too much fun with Which that. What she said. Y'all no. Tried to make it easier, but her. folks had Say It Loud and everything, I had to really, and merch coming soon.
0: Boom. Her and all the underscore this. So, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so, yes, y'all. Please follow us on Instagram. And we... You made a Twitter, right, for us, too? Yes, as I did. So, That's yes, it.
1: I... We're working on that Twitter. We're, we're getting the, the Twitter. One.
0: We on have Twitter. one. We're just getting it set up. So, yes. you will get the info about that soon. But we are right now following up with part two of our episode on tough love mm-hmm. for those of y'all who may have missed out or didn't click on the link the link is on our instagrams respectively um, so please yes. check that um, for part one we um, just to do like a brief little overview we just talked about what tough love is and how if that is the only kind of love you experience whether um, again, it just shapes you as you get older and, um, and yeah, one of those things we're actually going to get into right now. And that is, um, a big thing. And that is, is you, how you forge, keep and maintain relationships. Yes, buddy. Because aside from, and then we touched on this last episode that, um, In a lot of ways, tough love or or people who call it that and you go through some dark experiences under that label, Mm -hmm. um, it can warp you to where you don't know who you are as you mature and get older. And as as we said that in terms of any type of relationship, really, platonic, intimate, or otherwise, um that gets shifted too, because in a lot of ways um, for those you know for those of you who aren't aware that pretty much your much of your later life is shaped by your early upbringings. It's really what you go through when you're younger sets the foundation, and so what we're gonna delve into today. Um, is just that. It's just really how your yeah, outlook on relationships can shift and change you <laughs> as they you get older based off of experiencing tough love or just experiencing no love for that matter. And so a question I guess I'll pose. Yes. Um which is really kind of I guess the underlying thing of what kind of fuels this topic too is is how do you define friendship or family or just yes. in, or just any kind of relationship for that matter,
1: chow? <laughs> thinking about tough love in the process of all, Ooh. Yeah. I, like which which aspect or facet would you want to start <laughs> with, with, Child. Because I mean, we definitely touched on families. Without a doubt, we touched on families in the first piece. So yeah,
0: we can definitely just go into the guess the friendship. Yes, Uh, those that are not biological. Yes. Okay. So the ones that you choose because that's really like how I touched on yesterday. Like when you put a blindfold over a child and tell it to run.
1: Yeah.
0: And how a lot of people get into these different ships and just jump
1: it. Honey. (laughs) Honey.
0: quote unquote complicated. As see they say. now with these
1: Let's <laughs> see friend okay, well we'll start with friendships because before we get right. romantic and before we get into the all of the drama that can come with that, let's let's stick with the friendships and how everything starts. So mm, <laughs> I see my thought what, what went to my brain was like as a kid Mm -mm. when you're in those when you're in like you know it's interesting like on a playground how legalistic everything was and we stuck with the rules and like Mm -hmm. literally everything was legal wasn't it? like 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 playing tag there was no (laughs) like the playing tag it had its freeze tag was different than uh, was different with different than another form of tag. And,
0: like candle tag. And, or oh my tag.
1: gosh, yes. <laughs> so there's so many, like freeze tag. You can only run for so long. And then he, when they said freeze, you had to freeze. Like, and playing team ball and dodge ball and, you know, different things that happen um, that happen on a playground. Uh, not even so much the classroom because that was, of course, ran by a teacher, mm-hmm. by a professional, by an adult. But even on the playground, like we see how we not only we have our friendships yes but then everyone comes together to play soccer or something like that so you have your clique you have your friendship within a whole other group of people and how you and your friends and how you guys handle yourselves even amongst those group of people even when you're five years old speaks to how you can speaks to that tough love speaks to Not not even speaks to tough love in that way, but it's a good example because if you, I I wish I could better explain what I see in my head, but if you could just see a group of five-year-olds that are tight friends and they're on a playground playing, uh, playing soccer, let's say the whole like first few grades like first uh, kindergarten through 3rd are all playing soccer together and you have all these different little cliques of people that are best friends and people that here that are there but everybody is a part of this one giant game isn't that what life kind of looks like whether we're at work doing something or it when we get older but it starts there
0: yeah because you speak cuz you speak to something that I think is so elementary and so simple mm-hmm. that we t- we forget it as we get older because of course as we our minds de- our brains develop and as our personalities we begin to take shape and as we biologically go through changes we forget that a lot of stuff is really that simple it was it was interesting because I was mm-hmm. talking to this one girl it was she was actually a, she was actually a client of mine. And I was talking to her, and she said something. She said something so simple. She was just like, she's just like, you know, in terms of friendship, she's just like, you know, you know, if you have a bad, if you if you if you giving me a bad vibe, or you're just, or you're just speaking nasty about somebody, mm-hmm. and then when you get in front of them, you don't say that. I cut you off, cause I'm with that around mm-hmm. me. And when you say that, because think about like a five or six year old, it's like, it's like, they'll do that. It's like, oh, so, so you said that about me. Well, you're not my friend no more. Mm -hmm. Like nowadays we consider like, oh, you're childish or oh, grow up or oh, you're too sensitive. Mm -hmm. But it's like, as a kid, it was just that simple. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you heard somebody talking bad about you. It's like you know, again, depending on what kind of type of child you were, typically, you just stop talking to that person. Right. Like, you didn't want to have nothing to do with them, but like, again, as like the teacher may tell you, like, oh, say sorry and patch things up. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, on the playground or, like, outside, it was, like, you didn't associate, y'all didn't associate.
1: Mm-mm.
0: You didn't talk to each other. <laughs> and it wasn't, like, it was bad blood or anything. It was just you just didn't talk like to each other. They
1: talked about me. I don't talk to them. Anymore. Right,
0: you know, until but and again, it even something that simple is like, but again, even if that person was to come back and say, "Oh, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, do you want to play with me?" Or, "Hey, I'm sorry. Like, take this kind of like, you know, take my cookie as a peace offering or whatever." Right. It was like we were able to forgive and move on. Right. And so, (laughs) saying that to say, like, going back to what you were saying earlier, like, your analogy, I think that's simple, simplistic of it's like, okay, yes, we have, yes, we have our friends, Mm -hmm. but we're all coming together for this game. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, we're all coming together on something. Right. You know, it didn't matter. I mean, of course, like, you, you try to be teens with your friend or whatever but you were open to being being on somebody else again you were open to being on the team with who was the best player Mm -hmm. or like who or like who you want to be you know again like who you want to play with or who you haven't played with like Mm -hmm. you were you were able to you shuffled around and you weren't so much like again as I hear a lot of people say like you know, or so being my team, like like this whole, like, loyalty type thing. I don't know, at least for me, like... Right. Coming up, I know for me and my friends, it was like there were certain games that they were good at or that I was good at or that somebody else was good at that it was just like... I mean, like, yeah, it would suck if we got on the losing team, but we still played our best. And that was still my friend after the fact because it was just... During that time, it was just like, okay, we were just on opposite ends. It's not forever. And so that's yeah. why I hate when people want to be all like, oh, I want someone loyal. Because to me, like, like I told you, I, the thing I told you, or like I just told a lot of people, like right. something that I've heard, I just call it my play auntie. Something I heard my auntie say mm-hmm. was she was like, "Loyalties for dogs. I don't walk on all fours. I walk upright. I don't, so, I don't want to command your loyalty. I want to command your faithfulness and your commitment. Look, and we said that earlier, so that's why I'm just like... I'm a fan. That's why I'm just kind of like, you know, like you were saying, it was like, yeah, we have our friends, but it wasn't so much like we held on to them as time as we did. It was like we, when it came time to, like, a game or when it came down to, like, tag, recess, lunch, or whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, or even after school, it was like we knew that you know, we had to like let go at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, no, it's, yeah. it's interesting that you said what you said and I think I corrected myself prematurely when I was like, yeah, you know, it's not even tough love with the whole playground analogy, but as you were speaking, I thought about it, maybe the way that we define tough love, and this is what Was mentioned in the first uh, our first session today Mm -hmm. Um, maybe we need to redefine it because if we're looking at the playground analogy and just having to put your differences aside or your emotions Mm -hmm. aside that is a form of tough love because we're not you're we're not enabling we're not also um, being so cognizant of your feelings Um, and we're also not putting your feelings above the, all the goal that we're all trying to reach, whether it's getting a game of soccer out done, Mm -hmm. like done on a field, um, or getting, you know, a game of tag done with it or getting a project done at work or getting something done at school. Like, regardless of how you feel about whomever you're dealing with, you put that to the side, you get the work done. That is tough love. Because sometimes it's hard to put your feelings to the side. Sometimes it's hard to get these emotions and all the thoughts mm-hmm. and whatever you're, you're coming with, the baggage. It's hard to put it down to pick up something that looks very familiar to what hurts you. That looks very familiar to what said this about you. That looks very familiar to um, what you have tried to keep in your past, but you carry it with you every day. Like sometimes it's hard to put that down. But it is, the, it is tough love when you're forced into putting that down, putting that to the side for something bigger than you.
0: I like her. My teacher put it like this and I love the way she said it for our class. She said, this class is going to make you uncomfortable. Love it. If at any point you feel unsafe, mm-hmm. it's when we have a problem. I think tough love a lot of times puts you in situations and you go through things that are uncomfortable to the point where it may be unsafe, mm-hmm. but there's always a out whether wow. you know it or not well, wow. and I say that because even on the playground, it's like you know of course, like again, like you know we have you know we have those you know sometimes again like and somebody's playing, and it's like a team thing, and you're just like, no, I don't want to play. Right. Or how, like, some people quit midway through. Yeah, that's bad. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of ways, it's not like, as we said before in the previous episode, it's not like abuse or neglect to where it's ongoing, to where it's like you can't escape it. Right. It's not like this is this is life. Mm-hmm. Like this is your reality. It's like, in terms of like the playground, or in terms of being on a job, in terms of going through anything. Like, if you if you ask yourself, "Is this temporary?" and you say yes, then it'll be tough love because it's not forever. Right. It's gonna be uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. It may borderline, may somewhat feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. But if it's temporary, then you can get through it. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, in terms of abuse, neglect, and all that, if you're constantly going through it, and you're constantly being put in a situation to where that's what's happening, like especially if it's in your own home where you're supposed to feel safe, then that's not tough love, that's sure. abuse
1: because it's a cycle
0: it's a cycle
1: yeah.
0: and i and saying that to say as we get older, again go back to that now you running blindly, you can keep you can perpetuate that by not healing yourself as we said, or taking the time to go get help and and, and do your own healing. you can constantly keep yourself in that cycle. Well, and not even realize that. Wait a minute, I'm not a kid anymore. Well, (laughs) let me go get help for this problem because this is what I went through, right? And I don't like it.
1: You said a whole and it's just as simple as
0: that, like, just as simple as that. Like, wait a minute, hold up. (sighs) I'm how old, right? Okay, let me go get help for this. And that doesn't have to, and you don't have to so much be in any type of relationship to do that. Like, I honestly feel like even now, just just the fact that high schoolers have counselors and even certain middle schools have counselors, like, if you old enough to speak, then you old enough to do it. Because it's there. It's there for you. And that's why, and that's why, and that's where, and again, I understand that, you know, chronic long-term can, some would be debilitating, but I just want to serve as a reminder that it's not a hell you have to keep living in (laughs) now that you're older or that the, or the fact that you're getting older, it's not okay. Like how you said, it's not okay. Like, that bound that people want to slap that on there and want to hmm. use it as like their own boundary to keep you out. That's it's right. like no, it doesn't it's work not. after a while. It doesn't because you get older, you realize like, wait a minute, Something don't feel right. Hmm. Like why am I tensing up? Well, when somebody says something, or why is it that like my heart is racing? whenever I'm like walking up the driveway to my house or somebody else's house? Wow. Or like, why is it that I'm like having a, getting shortness of breath whenever I'm in an intimate setting with somebody?
1: Mm -hmm. Like
0: it's those little kind of indicators, Mm -hmm. those little symptoms as we call it to let you know, it sums up.
1: You said a mouthful just now. <laughs> I just want to let you know that you said a whole mouthful. Oh, <sighs> these relationships. Okay, so that's where it starts. It begins yeah, when you're young. When you're young, and, 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 and it's and it's interesting because I think about and just recently started thinking about what my thought process was when I was five. How we didn't even. It's interesting. Like we didn't even the supervision was just so we didn't kill ourselves. But the way that we had everything set up, and there was a TV show, cartoon show, uh, Recess. Mm -hmm. And it used to come on Saturday morning cartoons. And that was one of my favorite shows because it truly did show what that was like. Like Mm -hmm. you saw all of what I just mentioned with the playground and everything. You saw the different cliques. You saw the different relationships that were formed. Mm-hmm. You saw some people come uh, into themselves. You saw some uh, come out of their shells or you saw all of that in that little cartoon. So then once we think about how we develop and how everything is, I, I don't I don't want to say set up, but just how like uh, how middle school, how the progression is from like middle school to high school and beyond it's like, okay, we have a switch that happens. We get more jaded, unfortunately, because then we understand how the real world outside of our little bubble is. And we learn more and more and more because society's like, all right, well, Uh, What they could not handle at five, they can handle at seven. What they can't handle at seven, oh, they'll be good by nine. Okay, by that point, you're in fourth grade, headed to fifth. Okay, next level of stuff that you're not expecting is middle school slash junior high school. Then you have high school, and then you're in college. And and it's interesting because everything that's released for our knowledge, um, that we're made aware of, things that we're no longer sheltered by, it begins to kind of do some damage to us, I think. Because, and then we also have us, you know, as people, you're really trying to find yourself when you're in middle school. You don't know what to think. You know that now you're not in, you're not on that playground with elementary school and you have high school around the corner and on the other side of that is college and they begin college prep at this point. So you have a lot of transitioning That's happening for all of us, for every person, Mm -hmm. as you're going from grade school to middle to, you know, high school and you have all these things that you're now being made privy to. And so that's where I think the tough love switches, because then so many other elements of humanity are made known to us.
0: I think the love begins to dissipate. Hmm. And the toughness increases.
1: Ooh, you said as, that. Preach, as, brother. Because as
0: soon as you said, like, you know, but you was bringing it down to, like, okay, now that they're seven, it's like, okay, they can handle that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, now that they're nine, okay, they're not, now they can handle that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, now they're going to high. Oh, yeah, now they can handle this, this, and this. Child. And it's like... Because... In all of this, it's like yes we grow, yes we mature, and yes we think that like and I say that it's twofold because it's like as we get older mm-hmm. and I feel like this is where it begins to set in mm-hmm. and I can and I'm sure you can probably attest to this, it's it's all it's almost as if both parents and teachers are like, Well, you need to know this stuff. Or oh, you should know that. Oh, why don't you know that? I don't know. Is it it an excuse? And so it's like as you begin to move up and as you get older, not just that outside societal pressure begins to kind of hone in and begin to do that. You almost begin to pull that on yourself in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. because it's like you have all these different social agents telling you like, you need to figure this out or you should know this or you need to you know take care of that yeah and you know as you begin to develop and as you begin to rise up you know as you know as I learned today in class that's why a lot of uh, that's why a lot of teens and adolescents are begin to be more vocal about anxiety because yeah. a lot of this stuff is beginning to hit them and they don't have nobody. Again, that love aspect is being missed because they're getting, they're experiencing all of these tough issues and decisions.
1: Because you have them try you have 13-year-olds and 12-year-olds trying to kill themselves.
0: Right, because it's like nobody's explaining to them why I'm being bullied or nobody's really talking to them about what's going on with their bodies or nobody's right. talking to them about what's going on at home or nobody's talking to them about emotionally, how are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, is there anything on your mind you want to get off? Like, you want to talk about? Because it's like... It's it's just like, okay, well, you're getting older, so you need to learn how to deal with those growing pains.
1: <laughs> but you're not being shown properly. You're not probably. being
0: shown, like as we said earlier, in terms of tough love, you're not being shown how to in a healthy manner how to heal and deal with what's going on because it's like well you're a kid like you're you know you that's nothing or it's like wait till you become an adult then you'll realize and it's like now as an adult I can honestly say like a lot of them questions I wish I got answers to like,
1: when I asked them like when I was 12 and you didn't want to go there or when I was 13, you didn't want to go there. You know, the thing about it is that something else, another element to add is with the progression. Also think about where society is. It's not prog- It's not progression from elementary to high school in the eighties. We're dealing with the 2010s and actually we're going to be out of this next year, 2020s. It's completely different now than it was then. And so the things that they're exposing seven-year-olds to, I mean, if I'm correct, they, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of bit of everything. They're exposing them to yoga practices in elementary school.
0: Wow.
1: Like, what the world? Because it helps with their stress level. They don't even know how to spell stress. <laughs> like, how does that, But but that's something to keep in mind. That is the other factor. That I wanted to, that I definitely want to add in there. What generation is it?
0: Yeah, because when you think, and that's and that's honestly why I, I remember we had a discussion about it because they were talking about, you know, the information age and the internet, and they was talking about how you know I think they wanted to call like a parent, like a like a PTA type of thing where um, they needed to they want to talk to the parents because I guess like. You know, I think some kids were like discovering like porn and different stuff on the internet and stuff like that and they wanted to get a handle on that. So they were just like, wow. you know, what is it that you know, like we want to hear from the parents and things like that.
1: <laughs> Chow.
0: And it just got me thinking that, well, in a lot of ways they're curious.
1: Chow. But
0: nobody's talking to them about sex or not just not just the whole sex ethic in in high school debate. Mm-hmm. It's just at that age, it's like, you know, and I'm pretty sure more people can attest to this, like, nobody really sat down and talked about sex. Mm-hmm. It was just like, don't do it. And you said that to a 15, 16 year old, it's like, well, they're curious so they're going to look and they're going to do And they've
1: been having dreams it. at that point. Right. So it's like, to get it in.
0: yeah, so it's like, again, like, just going through all that, saying that, like, mm-hmm. I know coming up, it was the, it was like the internet was like, the thing, like, yeah, and it changed everything, and yep. so it's mm-hmm. like, because nobody explained things, because everybody kind of said, well, now there's no excuse for you not to know, right? A whole lot of us now are kind of like, are out there, and still are just confused about a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. it's like. You know, it's like, oh, you got the internet, look it up. Mm -hmm. But nobody's really explaining, like, you know, about, like, different, about politics or about, you know, things, you know, things related to sex or how to invest or just different stuff like that. Like, things that, and topics that I'm sure a lot of us had questions about, but didn't have the, didn't have the time or didn't have the love aspect to that toughness that came with life to where it's just like, okay, well it's there, so figure it out.
1: So, let me ascribe to you (laughs) another aspect of tough love. Tough love, not so much towards the person that's in the receiving, Mm -hmm. but tough is in the person that's giving. Because you don't want... What some parent, either the parent or the, or really is the parent is the bigger thing is the parents because the school is going to do what they do, mm-hmm. but it is on you to make sure that your child knows what they need to know, period. So that tough thing is introducing things that your kids are going to be exposed to right. before they get exposed to it in a different setting. That, yeah. And you don't want your twelve-year-old to know about pornography. You don't want right. them to know that that even exists. But you have to let them know because you already heard, as the parent, and this is hypothetically, but I believe I've actually heard this, that um, that there's kids because it's so easy to get mm-hmm. online now. There's already a few got a few of the young men in the eighth grade have already been caught. Watching porn in in the bathroom in between class, like it's already happening in your child's school. So what you do, and even possibly before that happens, you get in front of it and like, all right, that's what I'm you love you
0: That's what I'm getting at. Get and in front you of love
1: it. your kid. I mean, and the thing is, and that's where it's tough love. It's tough for you to show that kind of love because you don't want to. You as a parent, and I'm not even a parent, but I I have nieces, I have godchildren you want to shelter as much as you can. But at that point, is that really loving them or is that enabling them because you don't want to handle the tough part of the love? Or is that really hurting them because you don't want to handle the tough part of the love?
0: But but see, the only thing, and I can only counter that with his word, and and that's why he says train up a child in the way they should go. Right. And I think a lot of parents want to shelter. Mm -hmm. But his word says train up a child for a reason. Mm -hmm. And training somebody is difficult. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Not just for the student, but for the teacher as well. Right. Because a lot of things you're going to have to repeat. A lot of things you're going to have to put them through. Mm -hmm. That's going to make them feel uncomfortable. That, if we're being honest, it's Mm going to make you feel uncomfortable. Well... But train up a child in the way they should go, so when they get older, they, they, they don't want. depart from it. Get in front of it and mm-hmm. let them know, this is what's out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is what it is,
1: and this is what the Bible says. About and
0: I'm not it. trying to. And it's not so much you protect, and it's not so much you turning your back and saying no. Mm-hmm. It's you're saying this is what's out there. I'm letting you know this. Mm-hmm. So when you come across it, you don't get swayed by it. Right. And that's one thing I'm grateful that my dad did and mm-hmm. that he didn't keep us from a lot of stuff. He didn't mm-hmm. keep us from a lot of hard stuff because in a lot of ways, like, he would kind of like, that's that's where, like, how you said the tough love aspect came in because it was because of him I was able to ask him certain questions mm-hmm. and he would be frank about it. Not trying to, not in a rude way which it could kind of come off that way mm-hmm. but it's just no, this is the reality because in this world there's a lot of people where depending on what we talk about this is all they're about. Look. And if you get in their way of it you just gonna be another body in the street that they gotta pick up. I'm telling you. And so that was his way of getting in front of it to let us know like yes see it yes know about it but just and know that it's out there but you don't have to partake in it and you should not exactly. partake in it because and that's, and that's another thing about the environment too mm-hmm. that I come in which is why I'm grateful to have seen both sides of the fence I like to call it because it's mm-hmm. like Yes, growing up in the valley, you get to see like the the lush the lush life that a lot of people call it on on this side of the fence. Right. But I'm also grateful to have seen life over here because mm-hmm. you get that balance of not everything is fairy tales and rose petals. Not and you learn even. to appreciate that because over here it's it's a lot darker, it's a lot more in your face. Yeah yeah and it just and it just and it just serves as a motivator to not be here to not remain oh. stuck in cyclical generational traumas and patterns that you know that potentially keep you down, which is another which is what I'm grateful for because it's given me the passion to do what I do mm-hmm. do what we do,
1: yeah no. And you know, it's interesting because I, I I keep being reminded about a situation that happened when I was I want to say in first or second mm-hmm. grade. And my mother is a retired social worker for mm-hmm. the county of San Diego and she was a field social worker at that time. And my mom was always she, I was a kid. I had a great, I had a really good upbringing. Mm-hmm. Like by the grace of God, I actually had a good childhood. My mom did not allow me to be blind to anything of what she did for a living. Mm. I was with her. I remember being at San Diego State's library when she was working on her MSW, which is her second master's. I was five on the floor reading some of the books that she was grabbing to study for her MSW. And so... My mother used to share stuff but she she would go over some things with me if you ever see this, you know, so I prefaced that by saying by talking about what happened to me. so I was on the playground and this young boy, I think he had me pull my pants down to see and then to see if a stick would go through my legs. Mm-hmm. this giant bruise on the side of my legs. The little boy was uh, same age as me, and because of the relationship I had with my mom. She eventually saw the bruise. I was like, yeah, so that kind of happened. She saw the bruise. My mother, as a social worker, did not go up there and trip out, get, get mad at the kid or anything like that. My mother, what she did was immediately have an analysis done uh, biased uh, by a child psychologist. She actually, she was like, okay, so this is what happened. My mother literally went and took the steps that she would do for any of the other children that she worked with mm-hmm. and that was my experience with her. And yes, my mother was in the room. I didn't I didn't even know how much my mother was trying to get ahead of any potential issues that happened. That's but big. she did not waste any time doing it. That's big. I, I had a whole psyche eval done and I didn't even know it had no idea. My mother got that stuff set up real quick mm-hmm. after everything happened.
0: That's big. That is so big.
1: That type of stuff. but that, And the thing is, is that, that I would say is tough love. Mind you, my mother was not supposed to have kids, if we're going to be real about how I even mm-hmm. got here. She wasn't supposed to be here. She was not supposed to have kids because of the stuff that my grandmother did while she mm-hmm. was pregnant. Right. And then she had me. And then she's already in the space of not Letting me miss my childhood, I didn't miss a thing about my childhood. It was all there. I got a chance to play with the bar- with the toys, the Barbies, all that, you name it. But at the same time, in the balance of it, my mom also did not let me think that life was rose-colored glasses. Right. So, I wasn't tripping out like, oh my gosh, it's a psyche valve. No, my mother always had me with her when she was studying for her MSW. Mm-hmm. I was always at the office with her. My mom, I... I knew some of my mother's foster kids because some of them she placed with foster parents at our church. So stuff like that, I was exposed to my entire life. So, at the age of seven, when that went six, I was six or seven when that happened. It was like oh, okay, it wasn't traumatic for me. Mm-hmm. I had always been around it, but that caught. That's a balance that has to be
0: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that in order for that to happen and you not Be like, well, am I crazy? Or what what is this? You know, it was like, all right, well, this is what we're doing. This is what mommy does. Okay. I I know this is what mommy does. She let me know that.
0: Right. That's big. And that's Mm -hmm. so. It's funny you bring up that word balance and like that because I think I was like sharing with you during the break. And that is, is that (laughs) in kind of what I was alluding to earlier, and that you could perpetuate that in that. You know, naturally, when you get older, you seek that balance to kind of outweigh what you went through. Yeah. And don't even realize that a lot of the key to that when you're later in life, if you forcibly didn't get it when you were younger, as you get older, it comes from getting that help needed and coming from doing the work. As we were saying with the whole IANA situation, like, yeah. that's one step. But you still need to go through the process of therapy, especially if that's realization. you gone through a lot of deep stuff because that's not the way you're going to be able to work out with your clinician on what a healthy relationship looks like. What do healthy boundaries look like? What does love look like? Right. That... You know, because again, like you know, in the we was talking about this during the week and throughout my classes of where mm-hmm. people go to different extremes, trying to find that balance in the middle, mm-hmm. and so in a lot of ways, you know, when somebody kind of, you know, starts off one way and then they end up on the opposite end, and it's almost like they can kind of seem bipolar. And a lot of ways, it's not so much being bipolar in their emotions or being confused. Or a lot of ways, it's not even so much you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. It's really, you're just trying to find that equilibrium within yourself to where, to where relating to a certain situation that happens today, Mm -hmm. to where it's like, you know, you know, yes, you can be, you know, yes, you can Be you know yes you're on this side where it's like everything is fine everything's cool everything's sweet everything's okay Mm -hmm. but you still need to know that on this side it is the opposite and the balance is knowing how to interplay those two and in terms of personality for a lot of people and even and even a lot of ways identity. It's not so much about being good or bad. It's about knowing that for your you know, within who you are within who you are and who you're developing, you're always developing. So true. your identity so much is not really constant. Mm-hmm. However, there are things about you that are great, are fine, that are good, and then there are parts of you that need to improve. And I like how my my English teacher said said as she says, everybody relates everybody relates to personality to being the sun and the moon,
1: hmm. light
0: and dark. It's not light and dark. It's hmm. light and the lesser light. And what you're right. trying to do is amplify the lesser light, so it can be on the same playing field as with this light. And so. Yeah, saying that to say in order to achieve that balance, you have to know that what your faults are, what your shortcomings are, and that a lot of stuff in life, like just how you went through and shared last episode, that mm-hmm. when you go through something, yeah, you know, at first it can seem intense. It can seem like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. But then life, in a lot of ways, will bring it back around again. But this time around, you're more, you're more prepared.
1: And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because... I believe it's in scripture. I just don't know mm-hmm. where off the top of my head, but <laughs> it does say that darkness is the absence of light. Mm-hmm. That's actually what it is. It's not its own thing. It's just it's either you're closer to the light or you're further from the light. Period. But um, and you just you made me think about that, and mm-hmm. I gotta say so with romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. We had to, you know, and we had to bring in, you know, the families and the dynamics of of these different um, different experiences with tough love, and so then we have to kind of get to that space of okay, older we get, you know, even in high school, that's gonna come. What does that look like? What does tough mm-hmm. love for and not in? I actually even asked this to you, what does tough love in a romantic relationship look like? How would that play Mm -hmm. out? What would be a scenario where it's considered tough love? Or what would be and
0: I I think as we were alluding to it a lot in terms of Yeah You know, if that's all you know and it leads to your adult life. I think the negative side of it is if you're just in a toxic relationship all the time, where someone is verbally abusive, overcritical, always judging you, and it's just unhealthy. You're compromising yourself. You're compromising your emotions. You're compromising who you are. Well, you know, break. you know, it's like how you said. In the very first episode I did with you it's not so much a person it's a relationship because broken people attracted broken people are attracted to broken people yeah. and so not everybody's perfect but in terms of that aspect of things the negative side of it if that's what you're going through mm-hmm. then in all honesty. Especially if you know you've gone through things that you haven't talked to anybody about, that you need right. to do that because a relationship is not a is not a way to heal that kind anyway. Mm-hmm. At that at this at that initial stage in your life when you're on your own or you're somewhat independent and you think by sleeping with different people, being promiscuous, mm-hmm. or getting into a romantic relationship is going to fix it because. Yeah, it may be love, but it's going to be tough. And that's Mm -hmm. how people put the two two together. And it's just like, okay, well, that's our relationship.
1: And that brings it back full circle because we started off talking about kids, but what do kids come from? Mm -hmm. Like that comes from somebody doing something with someone that they may or may not love. Or it could be someone that they clearly do because they're married and well <laughs> hopefully mm-hmm. um and there you go and so you begin to look at all right at, and so you you know what you experienced as a child and you know what you experienced you know growing mm-hmm. up doing all that good stuff and then it's like okay who do you actually want to do life with who do you have and this is again in a idealistic term mm-hmm. because we all know children right. don't always come through an idealistic way of things but idealistic meaning there's a relationship they actually love each other so uh, whether that relationship is marriage or not because nowadays mm, I'm for marriage and for having a family that's my personal thing but that's not always the case Mm -hmm. I just want to put that out there but moving forward as far as who as far as a tough love first and foremost when it's a romantic relationship who is it like, how how is it that you get to a space of, and this, I, I guess I don't want to say how is it, but it's getting your mind to a space of who would I want to do life with for real? Like, whose stuff, okay, I'll deal with, I can handle your not so good qualities. I can handle the issues with your family and you can handle my not so good qualities and you can handle my other issues and my baggage. Okay, cool. We think about it. We're like, all right, we got this. I love you enough to love you and your stuff. I love you enough to love you and your stuff. And there we go. That is tough love on both fronts mm-hmm. because you have you have your, the person that is loving someone and loving their stuff. And that is tough on the person that's providing the love. And it is just the same to receive that kind of love mm-hmm. because it is hard to let someone in into all of your stuff. But if you're going to allow them to love you, that's another aspect or another facet of the tough love. It's interesting. I don't think we ever look at if it's a, a relationship, again, idealist. And I won't say even idealistic, but a relationship where there is really love there. When it's a real love, it is going to be tough because it's not rose-colored glasses. It's not, oh, they're so pretty. I love them. Here we go. It No, that's not life.
0: And... In a way, you answered your own question because the flip I mean. side of the the positive side to that flip side is that is just that is that it's going through and going through and I feel like when somebody goes through their healing and they yeah. go through that, you realize that okay, I'm not perfect right, but yeah. I'm trying to do better and I want to do better. Mm-hmm. I want somebody else who in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. because I mean, if we're being honest, let's be honest, not everybody's gonna have some type of baggage. Come on. And so, and like how you said, and being able to tough it out and love each other through it, mm-hmm. and to put on the and looking at the positive side of tough love is just that mm-hmm. I may have my shortcomings. Yes, I may I may cuss too much, or yes, I may react sometimes. Yes, I may pop off sometimes. But no, it comes from a place of I, I care, I'm scared, I want to know. And being able to articulate that with somebody who is looking at you like, okay, baby, I understand that, but there's a better way to go about it. This is what it mm-hmm. is. And you work with that person mm-hmm. through a marriage, with a family, all of that, And knowing that, and you see, and you will, and the hope is that, and the hope is that as you two are going, as you two are putting, laying your cards on the table, being vulnerable, working through your issues because you know things change doesn't happen overnight, Mm -hmm. you allow that other person to influence you.
1: That's true. And you
0: allow them to, even though they're broken and you're broken. Mm-hmm. If they're bringing something, if they're showing you something different on the table, if they're saying, "Hey, baby, mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. Do it this way." Right. And if it works out for you, and and you see that, oh snap, like that really did work out better than what I thought it was. Well, that's how that love grows, and that's how you realize, like, okay, this is okay, this is right. Because it's yeah, like man. they're influencing me to be better and they're and they're and they're allowing me to influence them to be better.
1: And the thing is, is that unfortunately, because we add in that the previous and if we're thinking about and I'm thinking about the things that were stated and mentioned in the previous mm-hmm. um, podcast, where we mentioned a lot of things about this is again, more. If you're dealing with two semi healthy people, mm-hmm. but say they've been through some stuff, yeah, and especially for those that have been, and even in my situation where um, what should have been constructive was not; it was more destructive. It's then the person that's in the space of you're actually helping me, okay, but being able to receive that and not true and it not trigger. Or either you fighting when it triggers the past and what you experienced, and what what was a form of tough love, uh, according to I would say the enemy. Truth be told. True. Yes. Versus out. this true tough love, which is okay. We're gonna make you better. And not not make you better. Where I'm gonna mold you to my own thing. It's yeah, like no. no, you already have this in you. There's just things blocking it. So let's remove what's blocking it and let you be great. Let let you be you. Let you be 100. Let you walk healed and function in a healing. Like that's a big thing. And the thing the downside is is that there's so many relationships that unfortunately fail because we can't tell when it's actually real anymore because we've had so much tough love that is tough love with just the label because we don't know another way to label dysfunction because we didn't understand that it was dysfunction so we had a false tough love and now that we have the real one it's like we reject it because it looks so much like what we knew and we knew we didn't want to go back to that
0: and and, and what's big is because you deep. said a be mouthful. Because that, I, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. It's like, because again, it's, it comes, it comes down to Woo. feeling uncomfortable and feeling unsafe. And why a lot of relationships don't do that is because you're dealing with people who are in a constant state of "I don't feel safe." Right. And that's why, and that's why I encourage people to do the work to do what needs to be done so you can understand that was dysfunction Mm -hmm. when you were a child you could not really so much defend yourself now you're an adult you can speak from your mind and your heart Mm -hmm. you can speak from you can say I don't I don't feel safe or I don't like this Mm -hmm. I don't like the way you're treating me I don't like the position you're putting me in because I'm starting to feel unsafe Mm-hmm. It's triggering for me. You can you can identify. You can now put words to stuff that you may not have put when you're younger, Woo. and that's it's why. And that's real. why, like, I love the quote that Doctor Martin Luther King put. He was like, "We start dying the day we stop being vocal about things."
1: That's so real, and that's our community. If I ever knew it, and
0: that's everything. Where yeah. really, your voice is everything because. Right. If you're able to articulate your emotions if you're able to articulate your thoughts if you're able to put them out there mm-hmm. no matter what type of relationship that's when you begin to honestly do that's really where the healing begins mm-hmm. because then you begin to begin to maneuver and see okay this person still hasn't still hasn't gotten it yet mm-hmm. okay this person's still unhealthy like and when you're and when you're perp and when you're aligned with your own healing, when you're aligned mm-hmm. with trying to be better and do better and get better,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Lord has a way of of being okay, child. Now we're growing. Now God we're doing worked. something. Philippians two thirteen. Ah, now, yeah. now you, now you align it with <laughs> me. Now you, you aligning, now you align. Now you align it with oh. me. Now you align it with me. Now we're now we're doing it. See. Now you listen. Now you listening
1: to what it is because now you saying a because now
0: because because I'm because I'm even starting to see that now it's like you have you have to be vocal about things that matter, and that means is that being able to articulate things Ooh. in a way that mm-hmm. says I don't like this.
1: Look. And it's interesting because you said it and I kept seeing it. Like I kept seeing this as you were um as you were just speaking. It's like okay, so that is the difference between not being safe and not being comfortable. The not being safe is when you can't even speak to what is what is safety like cuz mm-hmm. that's literally when you can't speak to it, when you can't vocalize Something, but you're like, oh my goodness! This is what I that feel. That is it's the so intense. major difference between the uncomfortable and the not safe. is when you convoke, and that means that that says a whole. That's a whole mouthful. You said, mm-hmm. bro. And just for the record, yes. since you mentioned Philippians two <laughs> thirteen, go ahead, and read it. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now I have to.
0: Read the Amplified Version. Thank you. Because that broke it all the way down.
1: Amplified. Oh, because for, for y'all that know, Amplified Version is the elongated version, if I ever knew it. Um, but it breaks stuff down. So uh, Philippians 2.13, in Amplified Version says, For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is, strengthening energizing and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure that is a lot yeah but that is the word of god and that is that's tough love how's that because if you're going to fulfill a purpose that's bigger than you you can't be comfortable at all and even when you, and that's when you have to know what's not safe and what's not comfortable. Right. Are you really not safe, or are you just not comfortable because you are outside of your comfort zone, or you're outside mm-hmm. of your your walls that you've built up for so long? <laughs> walls that you built up because of every time when you actually were not safe, and this time you actually mm-hmm. are, but you can't tell the difference.
0: And I'm gonna say this because we look lucky right on time, but I'm gonna say this: Child. no one that can leave you nowhere where it's not safe. <laughs>
1: Telling you, and the Lord you is, will
0: you will be uncomfortable, but not unsafe.
1: <laughs> and the Lord is never going to lead you to something that He will not take you through,
0: because He always with you.
1: Because mm-hmm. if you and if you're in it and you're stuck and you're letting like, God, it look that's when that's a surefire sign that you're you. And half the time, the thing about where the Lord leads you is a lot of times it is nothing like what you thought anything would be. It's something completely different. It's something that is completely out of your comfort zone, and it is bigger than you. And half the time, you do not know how to start or where to start. That is when you know it's God, because it you need no to lead,
0: and you are gonna need to lean on Him to get you through it.
1: Exactly, it makes no sense to you. So let's break. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh no way. Ooh. Cause we only got a few seconds. Okay. But, ooh, so sorry we couldn't get to pray, y'all. But oh, please, no, y'all, we, we gonna wrap it up. Because yes. we got a few seconds left. But thank y'all for tuning in. This is part two of a at the table. that's yes. Tough love,
1: y'all.
0: Yes. I'm your Camera, a.k.a. Zoe, signing off.
1: Big Z, Lady Z. We out of here, on. y'all. The comfort put... Jesus be on you. Yes. May the words take be, take root in your heart and not be easily removed by the enemy. And may God continue to reveal his great work in you and himself to you in Jesus' name.
0: There it is, y'all. All right. Peace.
1: <laughs> Holla.